This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Amen. Turn around and high five somebody and say, I sure am glad to see you. You look better here than any place I ever see you. Amen. You may be seated. And I am overwhelmed by the kind introduction of our wonderful pastor. Thank you, Pastor Tommy, for uh, your honor and you and, and uh, our First Lady, uh, Pastor Denora, are just a source of great, great joy in my life. And to look around and see what God is doing uh, at Calvary Church, uh, it causes my soul to just simply say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. How many of you found out that when you hooked up with Christ and what Pastor just talked to us about in, uh, in First Fruits, you understand that you got the best end of the deal when you connected your life with a cause that is greater than yourself. And I am so delighted today to welcome you to Calvary Church on this March Sunday morning. I certainly am grateful that my wife Sherry is able to be here today. Would you stand and let the people see you this morning, Sherry, and just wave, uh, wave at everyone? She found out that I was supposed to be speaking in all three services today, and she said, Ron, uh, I don't think I can come and listen to you three times. And uh, uh, I said, well, uh, if, if, if you can come, pick out the one you can drive yourself to because I'm obligated all three services today. And I, I am so delighted that she has chosen to be here with us in the 10 a.m. service. One of the things that I did discover in the uh, 8.30 experience was that... Um, when you do not do something for a little while, you can get rusty. <laughs> and uh, I am just asking God above to please smile on me because I knocked some rust off in that first service this morning. And um, uh, I hope that uh, some way, somehow, God would take some simple thoughts and convey it to the hearts and the lives of you that are here in our 10 a.m. service today. I want, by God's help, to talk not just out of a biblical exegesis or a biblical sermon, but I am attempting today to just blend that with a personal testimony of something that uh, has transpired in my own personal life and my own personal situation. And um, I'm very cognizant of the fact that we live in a world that is rapidly changing. In fact, uh, uh, I would submit that all of us find ourselves at some juncture uh, wrestling with so many different things that we are all trying to juggle at the same time. 
and sometimes we feel that we come up short in trying to be multitaskers. And that uh, 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 dovetails in sometimes to our relationship with God. And so today I am going by the help of the Holy Spirit to try to just simply cut away some things and help you consider, help us consider what Christ really desires for his people to be. And I want to talk today in an old school theme. I want to talk about the power of being a one thing person. Now, when somebody says that they're a one-thing person in today's world, it kind of seems like uh, 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 they don't fit in to, to, to modern culture. I tell people that computer-wise, I am a 64K in a 5-gigabyte world. And uh, uh, the world has certainly gone off and, and, and left me with technology, etc. I still handwrite my sermon notes. And um, uh, if I tried to use a iPad or whatever, I would get lost uh, trying to get to the next page of my notes. So I just do it the old-fashioned way. And so here we go. I would like to just simply say that I have found in my own personal life from life and living for Christ and preaching the gospel now for 52 years, I have found that the secret to peace, strength, poise, significance, purpose, and meaning in life is connected to our ability to actually, above everything else, settle the issue of what is most important truly in life. Oh, the barrenness of business. And so today, I want us to consider what the Apostle Paul learned in his life and shared with us in the book of Philippians, chapter number one. As you turn there, we are considering the power of becoming a one-thing person. And this is what he said in verse 12 of chapter 1. Follow on the screens if you don't have your, your Bible on your, uh, uh, your device this morning because it's a rather lengthy reading. And this is what he said, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things that have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. How many in my audience today would like it said of your life that everything that comes your way in life, somehow God would turn it around for the promotion of his glory and his kingdom rather than us continuing to live our lives thinking that it's all about us Paul said, I have learned that everything that has happened in my life, really God has turned it around to promote his kingdom and the glorious gospel of Christ. He said, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. In other words, where I find myself now 
I am linked to Jesus Christ so tightly that my circumstance is not really important to me, but I find myself linked up with Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are more bold to speak the word without fear. And some indeed preach Christ out of envy and strife, and yet others preach the gospel out of goodwill. But I have determined that for whatever reason the gospel is preached, the important thing is that people are hearing about Jesus Christ. That's the attitude of a winner, ladies and gentlemen. And then he said, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. And then this is what he says is the secret to life and living abundantly. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I submit to my audience this morning that when you can say, I am a one thing person, you have it made either living or dead. I will tell you that Paul came to the conclusion that if he had another day to live, it was going to mean that he was going to live for Jesus Christ. And if it was all over for him, at this particular juncture, he could say, you cannot scare me with heaven. I wish I could declutter somebody's life today on this March Sunday by simply getting you to consider the power of becoming a one thing person for me to live is Christ. Now, he wrote all of this as a postcard thanking them for their hospitality and their love. There are some things that when you mention a name, you just relate to that name certain things. Let me, let's have some fun today in this service just for a few moments. If I mention the name LeBron, what does that bring to your mind? I would say that it brings to mind LeBron basketball, unless you live in Cleveland. Uh, uh, what if I uh, would throw out a name out of history like Mozart? What does that name when mentioned bring to mind? Does it 
bring to mind a young man that 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 wasted his life uh, in the tyranny of of multiple. Uh, uh, attempts to do something or does it bring to mind a young man that took his gift of music and refined it and gave it to the world and we still enjoy it all of this time later. He simply became a one thing person. What about Einstein? When I throw that name out, does a a picture come up in your your mind and you're thinking of a a uh, uh, fuzzy-headed genius that somehow took his theory of relativity and, and, and meshed it into some kind of explanation to try to give meaning to the world as we know it in physics itself and how everything in our natural world works together. What if I throw out some, some initials today like T.R., Teddy Roosevelt, uh, walk softly and carry a big stick. What about FDR, a president in a wheelchair? What about JFK, a man that said, ask not what your country can do for you, but rather ask what you can do for your country? What about MLK that simply stood and gave one of the greatest speeches of all time? I have a dream that from one side of this country to the other that we could not judge people by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I just simply say today in this service that when you mention certain names, there's certain things that come to mind. Well, let me ask you this. What do people think of when they mention your name? I've considered that a whole lot this week. What do people think when they say, there goes Ron. There goes Ron. There he is. What do people think of? What do people think of when they mention your name? Well, the Apostle Paul had found the secret in an encounter that he had with Jesus on the Damascus Road. And he said when he encountered Christ face to face and he actually got a change of heart and vision and life, he worked out a system that he believed and practiced and wrote about and worked. He said, when I met him, I became in Christ and Christ became in me And I live not for myself, but I live in Christ Jesus. What did he mean by that, ladies and gentlemen? I simply say that he meant by that that he wrote 160 times in his writings that I am in Christ. No one else ever said I am in Caesar. No one else ever wrote about being in Alexander the Great, but rather... Paul said, I am in Christ as the bird is in the air and as the air is in the bird and as the fish is in the sea and the sea is in the fish, so likewise I have found that my life only works when I am in Christ and Christ consumes me. 
I simply preach today on this Lord's Day that the best way to simplify your life is to simply say, I am a one thing person. I am in Christ and Christ lives big in me. Could I hear a good amen? Come on, you can do better than that. Yes, amen. Now let me tell you a couple of things that Paul did not mean in his writings in Philippians chapter number one. He did not say that because I am in Christ and Christ is in me and I am a one thing kind of guy. He did not say for me to live is the church. Now I must confess here as I stand here that I grew up a child of the 50s in a small Arkansas town in the mountains of western Arkansas and could I tell you that I grew up in an atmosphere in which church got mixed up a whole lot with God. And we thought that the only way to please God was some way that we got church ahead of God. And we lived for church. It was our social life. We went to church a lot of times, seven nights a week. We went to church twice on Sunday. That was one of those seven nights. By the way, I do know how many days a week there are. Uh, 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 church was just... Uh, it, it, it was just our social life, it was our, our family life, it was everything. And I'm not against that. And Paul, he, he had a love for church. He, 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 he loved churches, he founded churches, he, he put one hand in the Holy Land and he put down another hand in Spain and he went across the entire Roman Empire building churches. But notice he said, when it comes to what's important in life, I do not say that I live for church. For me to live is not church. You ask, you ask, Pastor Ron, why would he say something like that? Well, let me just answer that in the words of the poet. And the poet said this, and I believe that Paul really knew this. To dwell above with the saints in love. Now that will be glory. But to dwell below with some of the saints I know, well, that's a different story. <laughs> Could I just simply submit this morning that the reason, as much as I love this house, and as much as I love this place where, where my heart beats for, could I just simply say that there is no such thing as a perfect earthly church. And so Paul said, for me to live is not the church, but rather for me to live is Christ. I rest my case in the Lord Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. The second thing that he did not say was this. He did not say to them, for me to live is my ministry. I'm so excited about what God's doing in this house. 
Last Sunday, six brand new families finished, finished our, our, our growth track and became a part of serving at, at Calvary Church. There are so many ministries that are springing up, small groups, people that are taking their place in leadership and, and people on the platform that, that, that are finding their gifts. But could I just simply say that Paul learned the secret of not saying that for me to live is my ministry. If you get your ministry mixed up with your relationship with Christ, you're going to end up disappointed. In fact, I'm going to tell you that you're going to end up like a picture I saw recently. And it was of one of those, those big, beautiful 18-wheel uh, uh, trucks with a shiny, a shiny uh, uh, a tanker uh, trailer behind it. And it was delivering gasoline. And the driver was sitting out on the step of the truck with his head in his hands. And the caption was, he ran out of gas delivering the gas. That's the reason that the great apostle said that I do not live for my ministry, but I write the moniker over everything I do in my life. For me to live is Christ. Calvary Church, I challenge you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let this house be a house that lives for Christ and Christ alone. We're living in a world that will tell you that there is another way or there are many other ways. But let me just throw down the gauntlet today publicly that as long as my thumbprint is on the heartbeat of this church. We will be people that will not apologize for serving Christ and Christ alone. For he is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Now let me just simply share with you the three things quickly. And let me lean in on you this morning that Paul did say that he had learned. Number one, he indicated that he had learned that when you are a one thing person, it enables you to transform personal disappointments into your life ministry. The last 34 months of my life, I could have never written a script like this. The last 34 months of my life changed everything for me and Sherry. With the loss of our beautiful daughter, Allison, 34 months ago this next week, to suicide. Then, trying to come through that, our life took a turn with our three-year-old grandson being diagnosed with leukemia. Just as he was declared in remission the first week of December 2018, 
my wife, Sherry, was blindsided by a diagnosis of breast cancer and is undergoing chemo treatment even now. And then this last week for our soon-to-be 40-year-old son to be diagnosed as bipolar with many problems associated with it. I will tell you that in a short amount of time, if my faith could have been shaken, it would have been shaken. But could I stand today and report to this congregation on the first Sunday of March 2019 that because I have tried to build my life as a one thing person, my faith is not shaken, but rather I simply live by the same moniker that the Apostle Paul lived by. For me to live is Christ. And if today is my day to go, you cannot scare me with heaven. Therefore, let's take all of the confusion out of it and let's lift up Jesus because he is worthy of all praise and he is worthy of all exaltation. I just simply say that wherever you find yourself in whatever situation you're in, if Jesus is Lord of your life, you can find a way to shout his name in every situation with triumph, with triumph. Hallelujah to God. The second thing that he meant was this. That if you are a one thing person, God can transform impossible relationships into good situations. Don't raise your hand this morning, but is there anybody that has ever been fired off a job? Is there anybody here this morning that right now you're thinking about I got to get up in the morning and go face a, a, a boss that hates my guts. Or maybe you're living in the same house with somebody that right now doesn't really like you. Could I simply tell you that God has the ability to take away all of those extenuating circumstances? And if you will focus in on becoming a one thing person and you write above your life that as for me, as for me, if I live, I'm going to live for Christ. And for me to die is gain. Therefore, I've already settled the issue and I don't have to be in conflict anymore. The writer of Proverbs said, it sounded like he had some experience with this. It is better to dwell on the corner of a rooftop than in a house of contention. I've just stopped, dropped by today to tell somebody that God doesn't want, want you living anymore in contention circumstances. If you will just simply say, I'm going to simplify my life and I'm going to serve Christ with everything that's within me. I am going to punch that reset button that Pastor talked about to us this morning. And I'm simply going to say, I'm going to start over, Lord. And I am going to put you first in everything in my life.
I sat down recently and I hastened to tell this little story with a precious friend in this church. He's not here today because on January the 19th, uh, Lee Scott, a friend and a faithful member of this church, Lee and Gladys Scott live just down the street from our church campus. And several years ago, God brought them into the, the, the family of Calvary Church. And Lee was in a very severe automobile accident on a Monday morning, was hit by a driver that he never saw, and it spun his truck out of control, hit a bridge abutment, and it rolled down an embankment and threw him out of the vehicle and severely injured him. He was in the hospital for about 10 days, and then he was in rehab for, for about three weeks. And on a Saturday afternoon, I went and sat down by his side in rehab, and we just had a talk. And I've never been one that tried to probe into anybody's life or anybody's business, but that Saturday, Lee began to talk and tell me his story. And his story was this, that being raised as an African-American child in rural East Texas during segregation days, he found himself he found himself with very little hope for a future. He and some boys moved after graduation to Fort Worth and he got a job in the old Fort Worth packing plant up on North Side in, 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 in packing meat. His, his job was, was, was the pits. He married his high school sweetheart and they had a beautiful daughter in their 20s only to discover that his wife came down with cancer and died in her 20s, leaving him to raise a daughter. He married a school teacher a couple of years later, and they had a son. Would you simply imagine with me? She came down with cancer, and she died and left him with a daughter and a son. And now he's facing the uncertainty of life. He said, Pastor, I didn't know what I was going to do, but a guy interested me in becoming a police officer, and I entered the police force of Fort Worth as a young man with two little kids by myself. And he said, they paid for my education, and I got a degree in criminal justice, and I stayed with the Fort Worth police force for 28 years. And I got a master's degree in public administration. And God brought Gladys into my life who became my savior. She taught me about love and about life and about overcoming. And every Sunday, he's living for the time that he gets to be back in these 830 services on Sunday morning. You'll see a distinguished African-American gentleman that knew what discrimination was all about. And yet, you will never hear him say anything but the things of God over people and bless them. You say, Pastor Ron, why are you saying what you're saying? Because I feel led of the Holy Spirit to simply say that no matter where you come from and no matter what your experiences are, 
if you will simplify your life to become a one thing person, God will turn impossible situations and impossible relationships around and give you victory and make you a voice for God and the kingdom that Jesus might be preached in all of the earth. I would ask you to stand with me this morning. I did not do so good because my time is up. Shoot, I'm rusty. Eleven thirty service. I don't have a back end. I might preach till two. But if you become a one thing person, I will assure you that it will take the uncertainty out of your future. And you can begin to live in the vastness of the now. You say, Pastor Ron, we've just heard you rattle on about biblical history, about Paul writing thank you notes to a church he established. Well, let me just write a little thank you note to Calvary Church today and simply say that the whole purpose that this church is in South Fort Worth is to point people to Jesus Christ and Him alone. And it really doesn't matter where you come from. It really doesn't matter what your past is. And it really doesn't matter, doesn't matter what your yesterday looked like. You know what does matter? That we all stand on level territory at the foot of the cross while every head is bowed and no one's looking around I want to ask this morning is there anybody in this sanctuary this morning that would just simply slip up your hand and say Pastor Ron I want to refocus my life in 2019 and I want to just simplify my life by simply saying with Paul that I am a one thing person and as for me, I want it to be said of me that when my name is mentioned, people know Jesus because of what they see in my life. Would you slip up your hand right now? As for me, I wanna be, I wanna be a, a, a person that just simply speaks of him that people would know when they see me that that's a Jesus follower. That's one that is said, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We will not be confused by everything that is swirling in our world around us, but we will be one thing people. And we will say, as for me, I will serve him with gladness. I wanna pray over you right now. Lord Jesus, I count it the highest honor to do life with people that are hungry after you. People, Lord, that are chasing you, Lord, and that have just simply come to the place that as their life is assessed, it hasn't worked for them. And as our pastor, Lord, spoke from his heart today into our hearts, he simply admonished us 
to take the keys of the vehicle of our life and give, him, give them to Christ. And for us to get in the passenger seat. Lord, for us to not try to tell him where to take us, but to trust him to take us where we need to go. May it be said, Lord, that as we serve you this week, we will be reminded of this message today that as for me, I will live my life as a one thing person to the glory and to the honor of him who died for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody clap your hands for the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Now your ticket to dismissal today is to find somebody and shake their hand and say, would you join me in being a one thing person? I'm going all in for Christ this week, this month, this year. If you're looking for anything else out of Pastor Ron, you're looking for too much out of me because I'm a one thing guy. God bless you. Have a great day in God. What a joy to see you at church today. Amen. Amen.